the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com. AM 1220 KDOW. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Money investing in more. Taking a look at the market, seeing if they say anything to me. Um, I could instantly tell you the Dow's and SP 500 is up, and yet the NASDAQ is down, and instantly that goes like, well, Amazon's had a positive year. Microsoft is a positive year. Apple's had a positive year. Microsoft has had a positive year. Maybe this is a little bit of shifting from. Selling some winners to buying more losers because the Dow and the S&P are up. The Russell's up. You kind of get where I'm going at with that. I'm trying to figure out the story of the day. Story of the day. Uh, Boeing was up 41% last week. Boeing was up 41% last week. It's up another 10% today. <clears throat> the airline stocks, the cruise ships. Are big winners again. Hertz up 157% last week because they're filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They're up 35%. Mama always said, stupid is, stupid does, buying a company that's going into bankruptcy is not usually a wise idea or holding on to a company that's in bankruptcy because the way it gets shaken out. It's the small person, the shareholder, who ends up getting hurt the most. The bondholder who's lent the money to Hertz gets their money back first. ExxonMobil up 17% last week, up another 5% today. So some of the really hard-hit stocks and really hard-hit sectors are the ones that are coming back the fastest. <clears throat> or, no, no, no. After the market rallied, <clears throat> and we didn't have faith still in Boeing and Hertz and travel and leisure. Um, now they're springing up saying, uh, this is going to be in your face. You thought we were going to be down? No. 
Gilead Science is the maker of a COVID treatment called Rimsdivir. They're up about 4% today. Not because there's any COVID-related stories. Not because they've come up with a cure. Not because the labeling of Rimsdivir is going to be wider than expected. <clears throat> but because AstraZeneca, another name that we've heard a lot in the COVID days of a company that can do testing. Now, <clears throat> the thought is maybe the two of them merge or maybe AstraZeneca acquires Gilead. Um, two parties say they're not interested, but Wall Street's kind of looking at it as, hey, uh, y'all could be the COVID super twin powers. <clears throat> Stock market's not really keen on earnings right now, which is worthy of note. The job number that we saw on for May, the surprise employment in May, the weren't we supposed to be losing jobs, but I guess we started pulling people back at that point because it wasn't a strong number, but it still had that big, massive surprise in the middle that we've added jobs, which, trust me, I'll take. People like that normalcy, that day day of jobs. China's reporting a sizable 16.7% decline in May imports. Um, so reopening efforts at this point in time shows you that business is coming into China after they reopened, but it's still pretty painful. When you look at the numbers, China is way ahead of where the United States will be or currently is as far as dealing with their economy post COVID or late COVID uh, I, how do you even say this at this point in time? So not a lot to say. Stock market's demeanor. There's recovery hope. Hope is in the air. Love is in the air. Um, Fed meeting on Wednesday. That's probably the one thing that I can circle that says, like, okay, uh, here's something that could throw things off, positive or negative, on how we highlight what the Fed's willingness to keep on plate or take away from us. Um, trying to keep that dual mandate of price stability. Federal Reserve's job is to keep price stable as much as possible, try to tame inflation while also having maximum employment. So the stock market likes that maximum employment side. <clears throat> the price stability, I, I think the market has to like lack of inflation, but I don't know. I guess that one's up for interpretation, depending on what sector you own. So the market right now is telling us that it's right. The market's always right. Throw in the towels. I read an email from a man who, totally reasonable, has enough to retire. And he was just angry that the stock market came back as much as it did. And I'm like, dude, it's just a, a stock market. It's, it's kind of like a person, kind of like a jerky McJerk face. When it's good, it's so very good. But when it's bad, it's so very, very bad. <clears throat> we saw that the stock market was right on Friday. We were like, why are we rallying? Why are we rallying? Why are we rallying? Why is this a V-shaped stock market recovery when we haven't even hit bad economic data yet? Or the worst of the bad economic data yet? And then boom, out of nowhere, oh, I got 2.5 million jobs up my sleeve. 
we wanted to see or we were expecting to see. <clears throat> no, there's the liberal agenda in me. We wanted to see losses of about 8 million jobs. The unemployment rate um, did not go from 14.7% to 20. It went from 14.7% to 13.3%. Now, the stock market is called a leading indicator. Um, it starts to respond before we get the data. That's the thought. So in March, when the World Health Organization declared a pandemic, it started to get worse, the stock market, saying like, ooh, I, if we do the math, it looks like the pandemic's going to wipe out jobs if America does nothing, but the United States and Europe and Asia all did something. So that's throwing it out there. There's kind of this risk of a new stimulus bill. The Paycheck Protection Program encouraged small businesses to rehire workers in May. And if they didn't do that, their loans would turn to grants. So some of these numbers that we saw, um, a little bit bogus, but some of them are also quite real. So the Federal Reserve, which meets this coming week, is going to feel pressure to dial back some of its monetary support if the job numbers are true, or does the Federal Reserve say, we're going to wait a seat? They don't want to wait too long. Um, a good example of that is, <clears throat> as in a convenience store, probably two, three weeks ago, and someone said, hey, you see how cheap gas is? He goes, yeah, but it's already started to move up. And as gasoline moves up, it's inflating. You could do less with the same amount of money that you put into gas. Um so you can kind of see how inflation a little bit too fast can sap a little bit of what, what the good things going on in the economy were. But we'll pay attention to what the Fed sees and doesn't see. And anyhow, it's worthy of note. The average valuation of a stock right now is really expensive. That's the thing that I run up against. I think we all run up against something. I look at like, wow, the average stock is about 38 times earnings. Wow. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, and newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Love with your girlfriend. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. This feels like a very difficult time in the United States history. Something tells me it's not that much different than other times. Um, or do we tend to exaggerate the moment? Uh, it's tough to have an opinion right now. It's tough to come out and say anything. And that's exactly what we need to do more of as a society. One of the things that I love about my job is you have given me the ability to talk about stocks. And I've proven you right for doing that for over 20 years. Saying I like the stock market. It'll create some wealth. 
do I want you to look at the Jenners as your roadmap roadmap to making mathematics, you know, success? No, the Kardashians and the Jenners are fake. Um, I don't know if they sold their soul to the devil, but something happened there. Um, and that kind of egregious wealth just doesn't, it, you have to almost catch lightning in the bottle twice to pull something off like that. Uh, I want you to make wealth by looking at your budget. I want you to create wealth by uh, not having too much stupid stuff in your budget. I want you to create wealth by saying, you know, hey, if I'm only making $15 an hour and I want to make live like I'm making 20, I'm going to go out and educate myself on 20. How to get there. So I do it kind of an old fashioned way. I will probably get you to somewhere between one to four million. If you have a really high paying job, I'll probably get you somewhere to four to 14, four to, four to 15 million dollar range. I'm not doing the kind of stuff that's going to say, okay, you need to go buy a stock option of a teeny tiny little company that makes a drug that cures cancer. That teeny tiny little seed is going to grow into an oak tree in one week. No, no, no. The oak tree takes about 40 years. Interesting debate over the weekend. Interesting conversation of a lot of Republicans like Mitt Romney, Colin Powell, saying that they would vote for Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. So is the roof caving in on the Trump support from the Republican base? I don't know. I'm not political. All I can tell you is that we have a political event coming up. And there's going to be a lot of bickering back and forth. There's going to be a lot of opinion when this. We live in a day and age of, well, you're not supposed to have much of an opinion. Black Lives Matters rolling along strong. Uh, I watched a special on the 1968 Olympics, a documentary on, I guess it was uh, HBO. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have been called Fists of Power. And it was pretty interesting in the sense that anytime anyone talks about the 1968 Olympics, it was a strange, bad time in the United States. Civil rights movement was in full force. Um, Should the athletes go or should the athletes who are black boycott? And what's interesting about that is I was telling my my sugar booger, my spouse, uh, you know, this kind of happened in 1936 with uh, Germany, right, where we sent an Olympic team – and our distance runners were sprinters, uh, were Jewish. It was an all-Jewish team. I don't know how that works out, but Spiele 36. Um, and Hitler is like, no, no, the Jews aren't running. <laughs> so we sent our African-American backup team. Not good enough to do it for the United States in the best of times. Uh and they won the gold, and they basically gave it to Hitler, which was kind of cool. It's one of those moments in history where we're like, we didn't know this existed. Why don't we talk more about that? Why isn't there a movie made about that? The drama's there. You'd have the four Jewish people. You'd have the four African Americans. You'd have the track coach. You'd have Hitler. I mean, any movie that stars Hitler has to have drama in it, right? Anyhow, 800-516-1220 calls on the air. One area that everyone is really talking about is going back to restaurants. Like, ah, though, we'll be back to normal, I think, when we kick off the NFL and see a full stadium. Or kick off a baseball season and see a full stadium. Or kick off, oh, say, a school season and see your kindergartners go to school without a mask. Until then, we're still 
technically opening up with the governors. But <clears throat> two or three stocks that you may want to take a look at, and they're pretty reasonable. I'm going to say maybe a little overvalued if things get worse again. But they're reasonable. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks I ever mentioned. <clears throat> take a look at Cisco. Not Cisco Systems, not the networking company. I'm not talking about 5G. I'm not talking about um, Wi-Fi modem 6 technology. No. I'm talking about Cisco, ticker symbol SYY. They got a truck. They put food in it. They take it to restaurants. They take it to colleges. Um, U.S. Foods, Performance Food Group, all stocks that need restaurants to kind of open up. These are the restaurant suppliers. The stocks have been slammed by the collapse of restaurant sales. Restaurant sales in April fell to a 36-year low when you adjust for inflation. That's pretty startling. That's a stark whoa. So putting this together, food distributors have recovered a bit as the markets rallied, but remain still sharply lower and when I started the show, I talked a little bit about while NASDAQ, which is a tech-heavy index, is lower today, the Dow and the S&P were higher, probably because of companies like uh, outsized gains because of the airline industries and um, Boeing. But that's neither here nor there. We're not criticizing an up movement. It's just a little bit meh. Cisco's got plenty of cash as a food delivery company. I'll throw that out there. You should look at these type of names for your portfolio if you want uh, a little bit of growth, a little bit of income, and some business plan that America's going to eat out. So Cisco has SYSCO, a great balance sheet. That could be where you go, I like them. I'm going to pay more for them. Than say like a U.S. Foods ticker symbol USFT. Cisco, by the way, is SYY. So Cisco's got a dividend. U.S. Foods doesn't. In the world of investing, in the world gone crazy, only the crazy are sane. No, in a world gone crazy, a dividend it gives you that visibility. It gives you a little bit of consistency. It gives you a little bit of well, at least they're sharing the profits with we the people. So that's out there, right? Ghost kitchens aren't significant yet, but they're a new trend that are, is starting where you can run two or three restaurants out of one kitchen, and it's another way of people getting creative with delivery and takeout. So there's some things going on. Uh, there's some, like things that you can get excited about in food and food delivery. Cisco is the industry leader with $52.2 billion in sales per year. So they're the king guy. They're the, the stable guy. U.S. foods and performance food. No dividends. The difference between dividend and not. Maybe you pay a little bit more for the dividend stock right now. If a company has a lot of debt. If the company has no debt, maybe not. You'll, you'll figure out how to wiggle these. I'm Rob Black. I'm your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invested, and more. School year is essentially over for, it feels like most Americans at this point in time. Pandemic forced schools in the United States to move towards online education. I can tell you that it's heavily online education. Uh, it's a little fractured for sure. It's not one thing that we could roll out as a nation and say everyone's in the nation's doing something similar. From school to school, the teachers aren't doing anything sometimes similar. Google seems to be in a really good place for, I'd, I'd say, 10 years from now, in large part because as we do pandemic planning, I've seen more school districts buy Google Chromebooks. And as we do more remote learning, if we do more remote learning, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of things like Google Classroom, Google Documents, um, all the Google products that are, are, you know, the office products that are free. You just have to be using Google to use them and signed into a Google account to basically maintain them. And that's a little bit of a rub. Now, when I was in school in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, do you remember? And you, they're probably still doing this where you cut off the tops of cereal or you cut off soup labels, Campbell soup labels and bring them in. And whichever class got the most got an ice cream party and blah, blah, blah. The school got lots of money from for co- companies like Apple to buy um, school equipment. And kids learned how to use Apple products, and then they grew up. And So I'm telling you, about 10 years from now, kids are going to be more reliant or more – not reliant. Let's not use that word. They're going to be more used to using the free Google suite of products. So why is Microsoft not in there? Yeah, Microsoft's busy doing some other stuff too. But there's a good article in the Wall Street Journal today <clears throat> talking about did the spring of 2020, did parents do well enough in online education? Did the kids do well enough where there was this remote learning thing forced upon us from school districts closing campuses across the nation in March? Some of them with blazing speed, some of them not so much. Um, but there were students with no computers. Or no internet access. There was teachers who had no experience with anything remote learning. Do you remember the oldest teacher in your school when you were in elementary school? She was probably like born around the time like Andrew Lincoln was uh, Andrew Lincoln. Um, <laughs> born around the time uh, George Washington. Like you're like, oh, she used to date Thomas Jefferson. That's why she's the history teacher here, and she, you know, she didn't have a computer. Well, that's, there's still a lot of that going on. And I can tell you from my younger teacher or my middle-aged teacher friends, they're like a lot of the older teachers are frightened to death to come back to school in the fall. But that's not even the question that we're bringing up here is, did remote learning work well enough that we could, as a nation, embrace it? And a lot of students just didn't show up online. A lot of parents didn't take it seriously. A lot of kids did. A lot of the parents wanted their kids in school because the teacher was able to teach them, but they didn't know anything about algebra or trigonometry or colonialism in the United States, the gold rush or what have you. So there's no substitute for learning in a school setting. I think that's pretty much so. I think some kids need a little bit of one-on-one, but what I'm trying to get at is we're, we're coming out, we're closing up spring and we're looking towards fall and we're like, is online, is online learning really an option? I'm going to tell you, there's too many people that can't do it. There's too many children who are blind. There's too many children who are deaf. There's too many children who don't have computers. There's too many children who don't have 
fingers. Like there's there's too many. And then you get into a situation of poor family and can they afford a, a computer or, or a laptop or is it the school's requirement to give them a you know, $200 to $300 piece of computer equipment? And does that come from tax money? Does that cut a janitor? So the school campaign is clean? I, think, I don't think we're there as far as the efficiencies of all of this. Uh, I think that's fair to say. Like the Zoom meetings we loved were like, hey, this is fun. And they were like, oh, they're not secure at all. And so the efficiency wasn't there. So we have some work to do. But I think it's a step in the right direction. Stocks are advancing overall today. As the Dow adds over 200, uh, at one point it added 200 points. Now it's up to about 157, 165. The S&P 500 is up four. So I want to say it's a big market move either way today. The Nasdaq slightly in the red. The Dow was a little, it was having a nice day. Now it's having an okay day. The S&P 500 is just a tick away from being negative for the day or a tick away from being positive for the day. So not a lot going on there. Dunkin' Donuts. Mmm, donuts, as my favorite cartoon character Homer Simpson would say. Ooh, is he my favorite cartoon character? Probably not, but probably close in top 10, right? Um, but Duncan Brands is going to be trying to run some extra coffee through our veins this summer. They're hiring more people. 25,000 new employees in a bid to support an influx of consumers as states reopen and return to some semblance of normal. Um, positions range from counter clerk person to where retail manager spots. Um, I like that they're aggressively rehiring. Um, I don't own Duncan brands. I'm not going to go out and invest in them, but if we're talking about getting a chunk of 25,000 American jobs, I'm okay with it. I'm well aware that working at Dunkin' Donuts is not exactly a high-paying job, but it's nice to see that we're thinking about services for restaurant workers continuing to reel financially from COVID-19. Dunkin's hiring spree is welcome news. For the employment sector, no, no, not the employment sector, the restaurant sector, I, um, I'm going to be close on these numbers, but they may not be 100% accurate. They plunged about $4.7 million since the peak in February. For just the restaurant industry. And there's been massive lockdowns. The unemployment rate in the restaurant industry is as high as 32.3%. 32 32.3%. 33% if you want to round up. And you go, I remember 33%. That's one third. You're like, whoa. Um, So early signs of recovery have started to emerge in May. And here's here's where you create inflation. Um, it's, it's, it's inflation in like 25 seconds. So real quick, um, you're fired. There's no business. Um, there's no business and you're at home. Oh, did you hear there's a store getting ready to hire again? Oh, I don't want to go work for them. They fired people last time. Well, they're expecting big demand. They're hiring 25,000 people. Um, and then you'd right next to it. Like, well, McDonald's is like, wait, Dunkin' Brands is expecting big business. We better hire some people. And the Burger King's like, hey, did you hear McDonald's is hiring? We better hire some people. And then suddenly you're competing for workers and you create inflation by saying, okay, well, we at Wendy's, we honor our chicken burger and we want to pay our employees an extra dollar a month or a dollar a week or a dollar an hour. 
And not to be outdone, McDonald's will go all in at one point one dollar more. Um, but that's good. I like seeing that that <clears throat> Duncan story. Again, I know those aren't high paying jobs. I know that. I know you're talking about kind of a uh, trying to get a life wage out of serving coffee. It's going to be very difficult when you compare yourself to trying to earn a life wage while you're computing engineer, computer science degree major with a minor in like trigonometry, mathematical expressionism. Like, ooh, that sounds violently crazy. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see some jobs. It's nice to see some positive thoughts out there. It's nice to think that, okay, okay, <clears throat> I got the greatest story for you. So this weekend, there was a, uh, a mom, basically a female uh, parental unit of a kid that we know. And she was appalled in the mountainous regions of California versus the coastal regions. Out towards the Sierra, restaurants are open. Out towards the Sierra, people are hiking and, and going on trails without masks. The percentage of people sick are, I guess, well enough that the healthcare system and the local mayors, they're not enforcing stuff. Restaurants are open. There's social distancing within reason from the waiters. There's no social distancing from within any level of reason from customers. I'm not saying it's a full-on makeout party, but it feels that way. Uh, a little bit of sunshine, a little bit of lockdown ending, and the, the more rural regions are open for business. But she was appalled. She's a city girl. She's like, why are people not wearing masks? Everyone in my, ma- in my family has a mask on and an oxygen tank, and we are protected with rubber latex paint all over our bodies. Ooh. That's what she sounded like. Is that unreasonable? Is that re- Am I making fun of her? Yeah. Should I? No. She should do whatever she feels comfortable keeping her family safe. But she was in shock um, hearing that the mountainous regions are a little bit more open for business. Oh, and I watched some video of um, Vegas. <laughs> uh, let's just say if pandemics, if pandemic COVID issues are still a problem, oh, they're going to flare up there. If, no, ifs and buts were candy and nuts. Oh, what a party we'd have. Um, but it was weird to see dealers and masks and I mean, we're up, I guess we're trying our best where we're trying, <laughs> I don't know if it's our best, but we're trying. So Vegas opened back up, um, Amazon in positive territory today. One analyst is putting a $3,300 price target on it because of a Amazon's proprietary online shopping survey came out really in favor of Amazon. So that stock's moving higher today. It's a $2,500 stock with a $3,300 price target. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Stocks are rallying today, and last week we had a powerful rally to end the week. Um, I'm not going to comment on it other than to tell you I believe the stock market is right. It had a big rally in front of the jobs report. Now, that could all change if there's another round of weakness or if we start going, okay, we got the first dead cap balance in jobs numbers. It Does it take three months to get back to where we want to be? Does it take three years? Somewhere in between? Those could be big differences. And expectations could come down. The stock market is crazy expensive in the short term. Um, because we started the year with a bull market on the back of a long-running bull market. On We had a couple years of stimulus from, you know, Tax cuts, um, tech product upgrades. It was it was times were good back in January twenty twenty, um, but the valuations were rich then because we were we've been partying for a nine year bull market, and then we get into a COVID situation where it hits our economy, and we still have the high valuations, and we 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 flush these companies down a toilet. Get them out. Get them out. We went down 10%, down 20%, down 30%, down and we're diving, 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 down 40%. Um, so we've gotten a little bit of a bounce. But the stock market appeared to be right, getting ahead of itself. Because it looks like the jobs are a little bit ahead of themselves. And I do believe it works that way. The Dow is rising for the sixth straight day. Dow jumps 1%. NASDAQ briefly carves out a record this morning. As the stock market aims to add to the rally, this is a Fed week. This could all go to heck in a handbasket on Wednesday. Depending on if the Fed says, you know what, those job numbers are real. We are going to have to throttle back our free spending, our, our giving away money for nothing. Because we're not allowed to do both. If we give money away for nothing forever and it creates job inflation, we failed. No, wage inflation. No, job inflation. Job inflation creates wage inflation. So we're keeping an eye on a lot of little things right now. Beyond Meat has expanded a distribution deal in China. I think that is a company to continue to watch. I think when you decide to pull the plug and go after that trend of um, meatless meat, meatless protein, whatever, however you want to say it, you're going to say to yourself, this is a trend for the next 5, 10, 15 years. It's like if you're going after Tesla, you're saying, I believe that we will be going with electric-powered vehicles in 5, 10, 15 years. The valuation makes no sense in the short term. It's all about a trend. Um, I own no shares of Beyond Meat. For me, it's too rich of a valuation. I believe I can get the results that I need off different type of names. Um, Beyond Meat did make its initial foray into China with Starbucks. And I'm like, okay, so Starbucks on the one hand is a little more conservative. Beyond Meat on the other hand is a little more aggressive. Or you can take a look at something like a Yum China, which is Kentucky Fried Chicken in China. I know you're saying, there's a real thing called Kentucky Fried Chicken in China? Yeah, kind of. And Kentucky Fried Chicken in China showed some of their Beyond Chicken products. So, yes, you're going to be able to get that finger looking good post COVID 19 chicken. And you're even going to be able to get the finger looking good. Um, that's not really chicken, chicken. And that's great. 
I, I think that's a company that figured out a demand in the world and said, let's, let's go fill it. So, and they're doing a nice job and good for them. I think they were one of the big success stories of 2019. Um, the impossible worker and the impossible whopper and more. So anyway, that's out there. I'm just throwing that for you. That's out there. I'm not telling you to go do it. I'm just saying that's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing and more. I'm not a really smart politically speaking and talking about movements and such. I'm seeing a lot of very powerful content on TV and I'm seeing a lot of people following their heart. So that's what I have to say about that. Democrats have unveiled a police reform bill after nationwide protest against brutality. This is one of those areas where politics hits Main Street, Main Street hits Wall Street. And one of the things I was trying to figure out over the weekend is what does defunding the police mean? That has become a new catchphrase. It has become a new uh, buzz phrase. It's become something that's it's out there. And then you even start getting into who will Biden pick as a vice presidential candidate and how they can play out on the economy. So Democrats released a bill uh, to reform policing amidst a nationwide reckoning over the brutality and systemic racism. The legislation would make it easier for victims of abuses to recover damages, create a national registry of police misconduct, and ban chokeholds. Um, Again, trying not to get too political. Police is going to be a problem to reform. We have a state-by-state, city-by-city, and then a federal government approach. And we have hundreds of years of thinking we know what police look like. Trying to unwind that, we'll see. I'm hopeful that all areas can be reformed. Um, I think the United States financial system needs reforms. From time to time, it gets egregiously bad. The pendulum swings way too far to fraud or corruption, and it needs to be pulled back. Um, I believe in looking at things every 10, 15, 20 years and saying, do we, you know, I, I believe, I, I think people should get remarried. I think they should renew their vows. Because if you're really that into each other, tell each other every five years, because some people aren't that into each other after five. But some of the interesting um, reforms, qualified immunity for officers, uh, start a federal registry of police misconduct, ban police use of chokeholds, stop the use of no-knock search, give the Justice Department subpoena power to carry out pattern and practice investigations to police department corruption, um, require training on racial bias and implicit bias at the federal level. There's a lot of things out there, a lot of moving parts. So we will see how that plays into the economy. And so far we're not seeing a lot play into the economy on a bad level surprising with all the negative news I made newfocusfinancial.com three-star general Michael J. Flynn head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.